Today's podcast is brought to you by me and me alone. I don't need you and I don't need anybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Joe DeRosa, the last man on earth to start a podcast. Now, folks, I'm a big fan of traditional talk radio, honest discussion about interesting subject matter. So what I want to do on this podcast is each episode, I'm going to have one guest come in for one hour to discuss one topic with me. And I have the guests pick the topic from a list of topics that I created as to assure our discussion is about something we're both invested in. So that being said, today's guest picked the topic of marriage and everything that goes along with it. I will now indulge in the grotesque act of quoting the book I co-wrote, Disgusting. Here I read to you from Cheat, A Man's Guide to Infidelity, which is available online and in bookstores everywhere, or at least in the ones that agreed to carry such a piece of questionable literature. Anyway, listen to this. Where did marriage come from? We researched it, but were unable to pinpoint an exact origin. All we found was that there are a bunch of legends about how it started. That's right, legends as in Sleepy Hollow or of the Lone Ranger or of fucking Zelda, for Christ's sake. Legends are fantastic stories full of superhuman characters, swashbuckling adventure, and most of all, tons of shit that isn't goddamn possible in real life. That's why they're fucking legends and not the boring-ass stories you had to read in your sixth-grade American history book. Here's the point. The practice of marriage despite predating even the most primitive of modern societies, is still the primary way we humans organize ourselves. Three-quarters of the world's population at some point in their lives, whether it works out or not, get hitched. So, then, if it's so outdated, complicated, very likely to fail, and an all-out assault on your body's physical wants and needs, why do so many of us get married? especially in this ever-evolving, progressively sexual climate we live in. Will marriage have to eventually evolve to us, or will we to it? Or will it finally just fade away? So many questions, all of which will be discussed with my guest today. He's made a name for himself on the New York comedy scene through his widely celebrated video projects as the co-host of the immensely popular Hot Tub Variety Hour, which he co-created with Christian Shaw. And, of course through performing stand-up comedy. He recently hosted the cult hit game show Bunk for IFC, relocated to Los Angeles, and released his debut comedy album, How Do I Land?, which made several of 2013's best of lists. Please welcome my pal, Kurt Braunohler. Hello. How are you, buddy? Hey, Joe. Good to see you. Good to see you. Kurt. I love that intro. You liked it? It was tight. It was tight. It was professional. Yeah. It was well-researched. Yes. There was a quote from a book. Yes. I feel like I already fucking learned something. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I learned something. Yeah, good. I was reading my own book and going, I don't remember when we wrote that. I don't know. That sounds smart, How though. How long ago did that book come out? This book came out about a year no, oh, God, two years ago. Nice. Maybe even three years ago at this point. Did it's, you enjoy the process of writing a book? Uh, not particularly. I don't mm -mm. think any of us did. It was it very seems, tedious. Yeah, it just seems like a, God, what a gargantuan task. And it, then once it's done, it's like there's not even a premiere for it. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like something to be like, hey, everybody, come look at this thing I made. It's like, oh, here, 
spend 12 hours reading this. Yeah, exactly. And then get back to me and tell me what you think about it. Yeah. And not to not to shittily tie this into our theme today, yeah. but it once you start writing the book, it is a committed relationship oh, yeah. that you can't get out of without some create, creating some sort of major headache or catastrophic situation or whatever. Yeah. So I think we all kind of felt that as three stand-up comedians, Bill Burr, Robert Kelly, myself, committing to writing a book. It sounds great. How romantic. We'll write a book and it'll be lovely. We'll go to the woods. We'll get a cabin. We'll bang it out in like a week. Yeah. And then you get in and you're like, oh, this is hard. We have There's to. a lot of fucking just drudgery. And yeah. Plowing through. Yeah. And, and which, by the way, is how I look at most monogamous relationships. You're a man. Here's my question for you. The first question. You're a man who, as long as I've known you, has been a pretty committed guy, and uh, I've met your significant... Uh, significant uh, fuck hey, me. Hey, you know what? I want you to keep this in there. Significant other. We can't, we can't edit this stuff out. <laughs> you got to keep this natural. This, this is the way people talk. This is the way... This is, this is real. Yeah. This is what you... This, see, that's... This is the nitty fucking gritty. Yeah, and that's a guy... This is the difference between you and me. Committed man versus single man. The committed man says, do you take the lumps and all? The single man says, edit it, make me look good. I don't want him to see the real me. You, you're, you're, uh, uh, is it fiance or just girlfriend right now? Just girlfriend Just right girlfriend. Now. She's lovely. Thank you. Uh, I, I spent some time with her. Um, I know. You guys got to do this awesome like house crawl yes. around the neighborhood, everybody having a drink at everybody's house. Yes. And I missed it because I was in fucking Miami. Yeah, you Miami were in Miami. Miami ruins everything. Right. Kurt. Uh, and here's a tip. I don't know if you've ever done comedy in Miami. <laughs> don't. <laughs> fucking don't do comedy in Miami. They don't, they're not interested. <laughs> they're they want to look at tits that are outside and fucking ride around in Lamborghinis that are right outside. Yeah, yeah. It's so great outside on the sidewalk. Yeah. The fucking, they don't want to look at your comedy. I've performed there before. I know the deal. Murderous. I've it's performed so bad in South Beach, which is the. Yes. That is the that is the hub of Miami. We like, were, that is where it all. Oh, yeah. No, we were of. staying in South Beach and then we were playing at this. Actually, we were playing at this very cool place. Probably. Maybe the coolest place in Miami it was like this underground kind of like uh, movie theater, uh, and it was awesome. And it was in like the quote unquote Williamsburg of Miami. Mm -hmm. but still, well, it was like people had never even heard of comedy or been to a comedy show. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It was like training people to be uh, adult humans. It's terrible. And just just a quick disclaimer for the Miami listeners out there, <laughs> you know, you weren't, uh, there's nothing wrong with your city. Or many of the people in it. Yes. It's just for some reason the people that come to the comedy shows don't right. seem at all interested. In being there. And that's not all the people. But not all the a people. lot of the people that come to the comedy shows just don't seem More interested. More than other cities, the majority of people are not interested. I'll tell you the other thing I really, truly don't enjoy about when I spend time in Miami is it's a type of woman that I cannot pursue. I can't... It's, and I yeah. say that to people and they go, you have low self-esteem. Like, no, it's not low self-esteem. I just know what will have sex with me and what won't. And Miami yeah. women won't. won't. I don't have the car. I don't have the look. I don't have the muscles. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a thing it they want. the muscles. And it is the car, too. The amount of land. Look, I've never been to a city where I found out just by walking down the street that you could rent a Lamborghini. No, oh. other, no other city where it's just on the sidewalk. Here's a Lamborghini for rent. There's no other city where you just rent a Lamborghini. 
off a sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's very indicative of what's going on down there. What now? Here's the thing: when as a as a comic that travels, as I said, your your significant other is is very lovely. Yes. Uh, we converse quite a bit during this Christmas drinking event we had here in the neighborhood that Kurt and I live in. A bunch of us comics got together. In fact, Kristen Shaw was there too. Yeah. We had a great time. And I talked to your your girlfriend for quite a while. I say this respectfully. I didn't know she was your girlfriend when I first met her. Okay. So I was just talking to her for yeah, like yeah. a half hour. And I was like, this girl is great. Who is she? Where did she come from? I'm going to ask for her number. And then as I was thinking that, she went, oh, do you know Kurt? And I go, of course. And she goes, I'm Kurt's girlfriend. I live with him. And I was like, oh. And never in one moment was I so happy for a friend and jealous of him at the same time. And I say that respectfully. I think that um, that's actually a totally fine because I think I had the exact same experience, I think, with uh, Emily Gordon, Kumail's wife. I remember like yes. years and years ago before I knew that they were like, this is when they were just dating. Yeah. I was like, who is this amazing woman? And then <laughs> Kumail came over and was like, this is my girlfriend. I was like, there it goes. The same thing. It's like, I'm so happy. Very jealous. Yeah, great, great <laughs> as one tear streams down your cheek. What is what is the secret to, you know, I mean, because listen, for the intents and purposes of this discussion, you're the same thing as married. You live with the woman. You're in a committed relationship. It's a monogamous relationship. I think there's a difference because this is, because I'm thinking about proposing. Right, I'm thinking about it. Right. Does now. she know that? Or are you announcing it here on no, the no, podcast? No, no, she knows that. Okay. Because okay. I like almost blackout level drunk called her one night. I was like, I think we should get <laughs> married. Like when I was in New York and she was in LA, and, uh, and then she and I was like, but I don't want to get really married. I want to have a wedding. But let's just tell everybody we're married, but we don't sign any papers. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's what I called her and told her. And she was like, oh, this is good news. <laughs> <laughs> she was confusing for her. Yeah, when and you're, so this is you're like, in the same mental state as I might go to Jack in the Box right now. These are the decisions you're entertaining <laughs> exactly. at this level of drunk. All right. And so, and, and so I have a lot of feelings about it. And the fact, like, because I think I was just talking with my good friend, like my oldest friend today about this, because he's like, hey, are you thinking about proposing? I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, let's talk about it. And then I like brought up this idea of like maybe like having a wedding, calling her my wife and everything, but then not actually getting married in the law's eyes because that's what my friends did. And they ended up they ended up breaking up, they getting a divorce, but there was no horror so, to their breakup. Let me just ask a question yes. really quick before you go on with that story. When you say you're not getting married in the law's eyes but calling her, you you mean literally just I give her a ring in the privacy of our own home. And I say, you're my wife now, and I'm your husband now, and that's it. No. Like, no. Full wedding. Full wedding, but no legal person there saying it's official, there's a certificate, we have whatever. A dude, we have an officiant. He says, now you are, I, I name you man and wife. We kiss in front of everybody. And then later at the, at the, at the reception, where the guy comes up with a little piece of paper, and you're just supposed to sign that piece of paper and then mail it off to the state. We simply don't sign that piece of paper. Well, why? Let me ask you this then. Why? You can still have the ceremony and everything. Yeah. Why even have an officiant there? Why not just get a f good dear friend to just announce it well, to everybody? that would be officiant. That would be the officiant. See, I'm an but officiant. Has, I'm an officiant. I've married seven of my friends. I've married two of my friends yeah. as well. So that it would be a friend who, you know. But you're still, I had to get the certificate. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I married them in Kansas, and I got the certificate online sure, and everything. Sure, but you do that after the wedding. 
But it's official is my point. What is? That's legal. They have a legally recognized marriage because oh, I was the official. But only because you signed it and they signed it. That The legal document is what makes them married. Sure. You saying they're married, is there's nothing. Well, that's but that's what I'm saying to you. You're saying yeah. you don't want to sign the legal right. document, so why not just get not an officiant, just a friend? Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. so then there's not even the part of sign this. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, I'm following. I thought you were saying you want to get a legal guy to come in, do the whole thing, and then go, we're not signing that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to punk a dude. <laughs> I just want to punk him a marriage guy is what I'm saying. Sorry to... Kind of a prank uh, situation in my reception. Yeah, tough shit, Deacon. <laughs> no, I was saying uh, the difference between my wedding and a normal wedding. I got... Okay, that, now that, I got that you. That one moment. I follow you now. All right, so so your friends. Back to your friend's marriage. Yeah. Go ahead. And so they got... Because I, I married them, and then at the end of the night, I was like, Let's, we're going to sign the papers, and they're just like, oh, yeah, well, we'll get to it. And then they just never got to it. And then the morning, like, they were leaving, and I was like... Hey guys, we haven't still haven't signed the papers. Like, oh, we'll do it when we get back. And then we got back, and then I kept like followed up, and then mm -hmm. they just. And then I was like, oh, and they're like, don't tell anybody that we're not really married. Wow. And I was like, okay, I won't. And then, um, you know, shit went bad, which it does for a lot of marriages, and they were able to end it without. A, a, a year of legal battle between the two of them where they had to sue each other. Because in New York State, there's no no-fault divorce. You have to you have to sue. It has to be someone's fault. You have Gotta to love sue yeah. someone in order to get out of it. Right. And I think that that makes it almost impossible to have, like, because I'm good friends with a lot of my ex-girlfriends. Right. You know what I mean? If I had had to, if they had had to sue me or I had to sue them to get out of that situation we would hate each other well it's such an interesting concept because it's clearly this this exploitation of the institution right yeah. they're saying to you essentially uh we've got you by the balls nobody's getting out of this unless we make some money here right so which sucks i love this concept that you're talking about this crazy concept <laughs> of of we're just going to say we're married yeah i love it and I would even if I did did it that way. I would even go a step further than your friends and go, yeah, tell anybody. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And if anybody question it, fuck you. I'm a grown up. I know, but I'm he, saying I'm, this is my wife because I'm a grown up, and that's what I say. And also, it's like the 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 legal concept. I don't understand why there's so much weight put on it. I understand that you get some tax breaks and everything, but you, the what makes a relationship work is two people's commitment to it. A piece of paper doesn't hold two people together. Right. You know? Well, it, it's people's desire to be together is what holds people together. I think that comes... I think the, the emphasis, the importance that people put on this piece of paper, uh, I think that's nothing more than just the result of the societal pressure of it. Mm -hmm. And I think particularly for women. And I'm not saying that to blame women. I'm just saying I think that's what happens. I think women in this country particularly, they get brought up in this climate of this is what a girl, this is what's supposed to happen to a girl. Right. It's the guy riding in on the horse. It's the beautiful ring. It's the biggest day of your life and the church and all your friends and the flowers and the celebration. And 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 that paper means a commitment to you. Right. He doesn't love you unless you get that paper. It, it's almost like the ring thing. Unless the yeah. ring's a certain size, he doesn't really care. Did he spend a month of his salary? And I love that whole thing because it's, it's supposed like, to be two months. Two months of your salary. Which, and they say that on the TV commercials. Right, exactly. They say it should be two months, which is bonkers to me it's, that, that you would say that. 
Well, and here's the thing, too. So let me get this straight. If I am, you know, a power agent in Hollywood, yeah. you know, and I spend two months of my salary on you because I love you, uh, clearly that salary is going to get you quite a rock. Yeah. And that means I love you that much. But if I work at 7-Eleven, two months of my salary will get you, you know, maybe like a gold band with a little tiny rock yeah. on it. Does that mean I love you less? I love that it's like literally defined by, it's not the gift itself. Yeah. It's not, it's not saying this is what this means to the person and this is what it might mean to you and blah, 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 because you would love this and appreciate it. It's literally, you are worth what you make. Yeah. And that's it. And that, think about how degrading that is to the guy. So what? I'm worth less because I literally make less. I know. It's it's gross. It's insane. It's insane. And also, it's like the whole like the wedding, like you know, industry in the United States. I think is probably one of the sicker, sicker, disgusting parts of the economy. And the fact that like you can get a photographer to come and like photograph some stuff for pretty cheap. Yeah. But then you call it a wedding, and it's like prices are. Four times as much for everything. Yeah. <clears throat> you, every, anything. You want a cake? Go buy a cake. Is it a wedding cake? It's going to be used in a wedding 10 times as much. We're yeah. just like these people. Which, by the way, the shittiest cake. The shitty. The like, shittiest never, cake. Why do I want to have that? Whatever that shit is that makes it hard. Why do I want to have that on the outside? You do. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's just like, oh, yeah. yeah and then we, we made this delicious cake. We filled it with the most expensive ingredients. And then essentially we poured plastic all over marzipan. it so that it would stand up. It's marzipan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the, 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 it's where every like cake boss cake starts. Yeah. yeah. They go, we want to make a delicious cake in the shape of an airplane. Okay. First we take some marzipan. You lost me. Yeah, there you go. You lost me. Marzipan's disgusting. How do we make the Batmobile cake? First we take some marzipan. <laughs> all right. Forget the marzipan. How are we going to make the, the cake at Yankee Stadium? Marzipan. marzipan. Shut, stop saying marzipan. But all the way on the inside, all the way on the inside, there's some, there's some, there's some you know, cake stuff. It's in there. You got to get to it, though. And by the time you get to it, it's going to be pretty dried out. It's going to be like dusty, you know? But, yeah, uh, it's really like, I'll take the, uh, the celebratory rack of lamb. What, what's that made out of? It's entirely bone. <laughs> If you can but crack, it stands up really high. It stands up real high, and if you can crack through that bone, there is just a little so bit like of lick, marrow. Lick it. You can lick it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sucks. It's the worst cake on earth. Um, and I'm just, finish what you're saying. I apologize. Um, I, I, I was going off about the wedding industry. I don't give a shit really that much about the wedding industry. I don't want to talk about that, but I do want to talk about the idea of like, uh, like the idea of commitment and does does this institution support a successful commitment does it like that's the that's the thing i'm challenging right now well that's why i bring up the point or brought up the point in the intro about will marriage eventually evolve to us you know and mm -hmm. i think that's essentially what we're talking about here in general let's go back to like what marriage used to mean right marriage was literally a financial institution that's why it was created yeah. it was created for a society that said Men can do things women can't. Women need to be taken care of because they are the ones that make our babies. So here is what we're going to do. You're going to marry that woman. You'll provide for her and the babies she gives you. And in, in return, her father is going to like give you some of his land. Yeah, yeah. So now our families are kind of in business together. Exactly. There's a way for our families to be in business. Exactly. And then the guy went, wait a minute. I got to commit to the one. That's crazy. And they go, you'll, you'll be dead in 10 years. Don't worry about it. It's not going to be that hard. You know what I mean? 
and and it made sense. Okay, oh, let's All right. make the best out of this ten years. Let's give it a go. <laughs> let's give it a go. That was it. That yeah. was it. And now you know everything progresses. We live a lot longer. Women clearly have many, many more rights. They have equal rights now than they did when all this was invented. And in the cult, the current culture that we live in, I, I don't, we're still following these archaic rules. These I know, insane, but I mean, like, but think about it. It's like, so, so it, it, doesn't, it doesn't last for no reason. It lasts because there's a primal thing in humans that want this. And the question is, is, is this the, the, the right, uh, so is this the right feeding of these urges? No. Is, is this legal? In, I know you don't think so. Neither of us. There's no <laughs> con on this discussion. Oh, Do you know what I mean? I you, right? I mean, like, you and I are just like, this. it's fucked. You know, we just turn it off. It is like marriage. It's fucked. That just read that's the whole thing. I forgot this was my podcast for a minute. You were so convincing, and you were, you were really laying it down. I was like, Kurt's interviewing me. I need to ask him this. I answer the question. Uh, no, I think, well, that's, that's what, I, I think if the rules, I guess that's what my point was. If the rules could change, yes, it could right. feed the so urge. Here, so he, I have an idea. Let me throw this out to you. Right. Uh, what if you get married legally, everything, then mm -hmm. your marriage is a contract that has a length of seven years. At the end of seven years, you both have to come back, come to together, sit down at a table and say, are we interested in continuing being married for another seven years? If we are, we just immediately just go right back into it. We sign the contract together. If not, we can just simply walk away. I love that you brought this up because I heard you talk about this on This American Life. Yeah. Um, and I really thought that was an interesting concept. And I also liked, it reminded me a little bit of that Curb Your Enthusiasm story arc in like the fourth season, mm -hmm. when the, the season where he did the producers on Broadway, okay, um, where there was the thing with him and his wife where they showed when they first got engaged, and she said, if you can make it to 10 years with me, I'll let you have sex with one other person, <laughs> like, and I'll give you like a week to do it or whatever. And it's obviously not the same thing, right? but I like this idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, all of us as men and women getting to a mature enough place with who we are mentally, physically, uh, and in the cultural sense, saying, okay, just grow up, for lack of a better way of putting it. We're, let's just grow up. We'll do this for a while. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're putting a time limit on it doesn't mean I love you any less. That's me looking out for you, too. But it's almost not. You know? I, don't, I don't even see it as a time limit. I see it as an opportunity right. to, you know, to really invest in, reinvest, you know? Because sure. it's like if you're forced to reinvest in something, all of a sudden it's like, more palpable again i i totally agree with that i totally agree with that but i i but i think when you bring up the concept of time and look i <laughs> right, think this right. goes for men and women when the other person brings up the concept of time it starts you down that path of well why are you even thinking about time why is that even a thing in your head that's and the it's, thing it's and so crazy. think about how much you changed this is another reason in I, seven years in seven years think about your 20s just for example the 20s year 20 to year 30 to me so far has been the most significant decade of my life only because of the exponential growth that occurred throughout it. Yeah. Every two years, I was literally a different person. Where Seven I, years ago, I hadn't really done stand-up. Right? Yeah. Nuts. Crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. Seven years from now, 
you could be Michael Bay for all you know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or you could be homeless. Or I could just be living in Michael Bay's house. Or living I in Michael Bay's house. I murdered Michael Bay. Yeah. Or <laughs> and I'm just living as him, <laughs> fooling everyone, continually making Transformer movies. Michael Bay's movies have gotten weird since he went into that <laughs> Howard Hughes phase. Has anybody seen him? He pees in jars in there. You're just in there living it up, yeah. having the best life. The best time. Everybody thinks you like have long hair and a beard. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's God God knows where you could be yeah. seven years from now and where the other person could be seven years from now. I think that's a great idea. I mean, and also, the, and I think, you know, when, pe when, when people question me on this, I'm like, why do you think this way? And I do come from a unique background. In fact, my dad has been married. He's on his fourth wife. Wow. And so divorce for me growing up was just a constant thing. Like every few years, my dad would get divorced, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I have eight brothers and sisters from four different women. Uh, and wow. so for me, divorce is like pretty common. Like I've seen it a lot. And so I don't have that experience of two people who have been with each other forever. But I, I do, I can say the people who have been together with each other for like, you know, 35, 40 years, I don't see many of them that are like, we're, we love, we are so psyched about each other. <laughs> Most right. of them seem, uh, from the outside, and you can never judge a relationship from the outside, I honestly believe. But from the outside, they seem fucking miserable. Right. Well, <clears throat> there's a, excuse me, there's a great Lewis Black joke. I, by chance, heard it last night on Sirius Radio when I was driving, where he says, my parents are 90 years old. They've been together for however many years they've been together, 60 years or whatever it is. And he goes, and the secret to the success of their marriage is that neither have ever heard another word the other one said. <laughs> yeah. And I, rem I like as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my God, like that's funny, but that's so profound. That's so true. Yeah. Because most of the, cu the couples I know that get anywhere near that far in, and like by anywhere near, I mean crossing the 35 or 40 year yeah. mark. Most of them, it becomes just sort of like this roommate situation. Yeah, the roommate support system. Yeah, it's just yeah. like we have our thing. She does this. He I does do that. that. And uh, <laughs> I had the same inflection. Uh, we, that was a jinx inflection. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was weird. Buy me Coke uh, as I drink the Coke. Uh, it, was, it, it, it becomes, like you said, it's a mutual support system. We have our duties in the house here. And we just live together. And I also, you know, here's the other thing, too, that I think this is the success of a successful long marriage. I think when you cross, a, most people, when you cross a certain age, you just go, I don't care about fucking anymore at all. Yeah. I don't care if I never have sex again. I don't care if I ever get aroused ever again. I just don't care. And think about how easy... A relation, a monogamous relationship would be if that was off the table. I honestly w wish that I had, because I have been in so many long-term monogamous relationships that I wish, I just thought about this right before we started this podcast, I wish I hadn't been in one in college. Because I remember this one specific night, because I just posted, because I just posted a photo of it for right. quote-unquote throwback Thursday, where <laughs> we, were, we had this house in Baltimore. This big house, five guys lived in it. Yeah. All of us very, uh, you know, uh, dirt bags essentially. Right. Really into punk rock. Lived like animals essentially. That 
as a college I, I, student. Yeah, I did that same thing. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't a frat or anything. We were just, you know, five guys living together. And we were just five guys that chose to live this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I remember one night, it was, uh, we were just, we, were, we, we knew we had to move out soon. And it was, I guess there was like this primal kind of excitement about mm. leaving yeah. college uh, and leaving Baltimore and also a fear too, I think. Sure. And I remember we were just getting drunk and then I just took a plate out of the, because everyone had brought all of their own plates. And it, so we had like 400 plates for some reason. I just took a plate out and I was just like drinking and then I just smashed it on the radiator mm -hmm. and everybody just looked up and they're like, are we going to? Fucking, and then just like somebody else go. grabbed a plate mm -hmm. and then just smashed it. And then we started to destroy everything that we had in the house and a, a complete nihilistic moment. Right. Like there was nothing positive about it other than the just listening to everything break. Yeah. And I left because my girlfriend kind of was like, we have to spend time together tonight. And I had to leave and I really didn't want to. And this happened all the time where I really just wanted to hang out and get wasted with these yeah. dudes and do whatever they would do. My girlfriend wanted me to come over, and so I had to come over. And when I came back in the morning, I tried to open the back door, and I couldn't open the back door because there was five inches of broken pottery and TVs and awesome. phones in the kitchen up to like, so the door wouldn't open. Awesome. And then I, and also we were showing, the house, the house was being shown to people that day. <laughs> So I came back at noon, found it, and I was like, oh, my God, panic. But the, everything in the house had been completely destroyed. And I missed all of that. Right. And I do feel like, on some level, if I had been there for this purging, this emotional and physical destruction of my home, right. that I wouldn't have gone so crazy later in life the way I did and have done uh, with everything that I've done. Well, you know I, what I mean, I, I do know what you mean, but I can speak to the ex literally exact other side of that. Okay, great. I lived the exact same way in college. Yes, we broke things all the time. All the time. We threw just monsters, just shitty monsters. Yeah, we had we yeah. had a balcony. We were on the second floor balcony of this place, and there was an open courtyard. And in the open courtyard, for some reason, were these cement slabs it almost looked like they had once been maybe like entrances like those ground entrances into the basement like the storm wow. door entrances yeah and maybe they filled them in okay but there were big cement slabs down the courtyard in the grass so we would throw anything we could think of off to watch it fall and shatter um my roommates not my roommates excuse me my next door neighbors um used to i swear to god wrestle on broken glass in their living room um, their the behind their TV was a pyramid of beer cans, and I don't mean that they stacked up. I mean a pile of crushed <laughs> beer cans that was so big it just formed into a pyramid because they would just throw the cans behind there. Um, what else? I just want to keep describing how crazy all this was. Uh, like my downstairs neighbor was a guy named Keezer who worked at Kraft Cheese, like mm -hmm. the factory. He yeah. didn't even go to school there. He just liked hanging out with us, and he had a. <laughs> He's not was, a craft cheese guy hanging yeah, out all the time. And his name was Keezer, and he was great. Keezer. I remember he had a punctured lung once, and he had he came home from the hospital, and I go, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. And I go, what did it feel like? He goes, it hurt real bad, but I thought I was just hung over, man. <laughs> Turns out my lung was punctured. Holy shit, <laughs> like, Keezer. <laughs> Holy shit. The best thing Keezer would do is he would take his sectional couch apart and form it at, like it was bus seats. 
when he was drunk. You'd walk into his apartment. He'd be sitting in there by himself in the front seat, and he'd go, come on, ride the Keezer bus. And you'd sit in there, and he'd pretend to drive you around. It's like crazy, crazy, awesome. crazy. Yeah. Like, like it was literally like Animal House. Yeah. It was awesome. And here's the point of all this. Yes. When I dated girls in college and they said, we need to spend time together, uh -huh. I'd say, no, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm having too much fun breaking things. Right. Why don't you come over here where we're breaking things yeah. and my buddies are dueling with BB guns right now. Don't you want to be a part of that? Isn't that romantic? Fun. Yeah. It's fun. Fun is romance, right? Yeah. And uh, that led to never having a serious relationship in college. I had one at the very, very tail end. That was an open relationship. Oh, boy. You uh, tried that out at an early age. I tried that at a very early age, and I was fine with it until she didn't come home one night and hooked up with another guy, and it would, like devastated me. And I was oh, like, was that I, the first time that she did it? Uh, you know what? I think only she did it. Oh, no. I, it wasn't that I didn't try. I just had no luck. such little game. I wasn't good with like the, the like singles random hookup game in college. Right, right, right. I was okay if I pursued a girl and I dated her. But I didn't know how to like pick up yeah. until I did comedy. You know, basically. I mean, comedy is like, I wouldn't know how to do it just as a normal human either. Yeah, it's tough because, you know. <laughs> it's really. It's hard. I mean, as comedians, you just, it's not, it's not, it's not the same thing at all. Yeah, you need somebody to go, you're amazing. Yeah, just right. You haven't even talked to them personally. <laughs> personally, you have not talked to them. And they come up and you're just like, this guy's pretty great. You're so great. You're right. I am great. You're that, right. I am. Ten do minutes. Wanna, do you want to get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> thank you for thank you for being intellectually enlightened enough to appreciate my ten minute KFC bit. <laughs> you get me. Oh man, I, I mean, like, like you. Yeah, man, you get <laughs> you, you like that seven minute brunch bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. I did the exact opposite of what you did in college. Yeah, I went the other way. So that, but also, said I like, want to keep having fun. But here's the thing: it yeah. didn't, it didn't satiate it. Well, here's what happened, and I see it with the both of us. All it did was set you off on a certain path, and that's the path you kind of stay on. Right. You stayed on your path, even though you look back and you say, "I should have purged." Uh -huh. Fuck monogamy. I should have purged. Right. You still kept going with monogamy. Oh yeah. And I look back and go. I was an idiot. Why did I choose fun over like meaningful time with a woman? Well, now I'm 36 and I'm still single. Yeah. And I still have such a hard time walking away from the fun. I, it's easier for me now than it ever was, but I still have a tremendously tough time. <clears throat> if you and Pete Holmes and, you know, uh, and Oren and all my buddies that live in this neighborhood called me up and said, dude, we're at a bar and we're throwing them back. Yeah. And a girl I was dating was like, well, I'm, why don't you come over to my place? Because, you know, why don't we sit and we'll watch this thing, Downton Abbey, whatever. It, it would be so hard for me not to go hang out with you guys. I know. So hard. Like, it's just that thing, you know? It is that thing. And that's a, that's, I think that doesn't go away ever. But, you know... It, but you handle it. You are able to clearly choose the other thing, though. I mean, but also, I don't think anymore, I, I don't anymore have that choice. I don't have the choice between go hang out with the bros and have a blast or hang out with the girlfriend. 
if I go hang out with the bros and have a blast, the girlfriend comes along or like we're there because they're all equal right. friends. You know what I mean? Yes. And she can drink, you know, just as much as I can. Well, no, she can't. But <laughs> and when she does, it, it goes horribly wrong. But <laughs> I got to say, I drank with her all day that day yeah. of the neighborhood Christmas thing. She handled her alcohol. She can handle she it pretty holds good, it, man, which can, is awesome. That's, she can hold it pretty good. That's such a that's such a, an attractive quality to me when I meet oh, a girl yeah, yeah. that can do that. When I meet a girl that's like, pull up a fucking stool. We're going to throw back some booze right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, yeah, it, that's it, great. I, I think with her, it tricks. I See, the thing is, I'm just such a big thing that if she matches me drink for drink, by the time I'm just getting like a little buzz, she's like in blackout land. So like that's that do you know what I mean? So I always have to remind her that every time I have a drink, you don't need to have a drink. Do you know what right, I mean? Yes. Because otherwise, so then we can make it through the whole night together. Right, right. And not get into a, a fight about where are the keys. Right. Which is has been a fight on the streets of New York where she just sat down on the ground and went, you know what? I got the fucking keys to the apartment. So you can fucking go wherever you want, because I got them right here. And I was like, oh no. We're at this point. Okay. I'm so sorry about whatever. I don't even know what I said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love how your approach to drinking with your girlfriend is like when your dad takes you out for a steak. And he's like, now you order from the kids one. <laughs> they just did that on Marin where like he, he has like the fantasy of taking the kid out. And the yeah. kid's like, I want the adult menu steak. And he's like, you can't finish the adult menu steak. Order <laughs> off the kids menu. And you do that with booze. <laughs> don't but also yeah. that's actually no the amount that i like my the amount that i was drinking because i just like stopped for this two-month thing i'm like taking drinking off for two months right um to do this this thing exercise blah 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 get in shape right but one of the things i'm looking forward to after this two months is over is not having it take like eight drinks for me to get drunk well, I hate to burst your bubble, Kurt, but what? I've gone on these breaks too. Uh huh. And that tolerance builds right back up again. Does the it? The first two drunk nights out, you're like, man, I'm really feeling it after two drinks. And you do the whole, like, you know, I just don't really like getting drunk anymore. And it doesn't feel good. And then the third time, you're like, what are we, what are we doing here? Shots. What are we doing? This is so fucking boring. Come on. I want to be drooling. <laughs> so. Let's uh let's 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 get back to the 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 theme here yeah. uh, of marriage and relationships. Could you be with a woman that and, and this is such a dilemma to me and this okay. is, I struggle with it constantly. You and your lady sound pretty pretty similar. There's yeah. a lot lining up there whatever. Could you be with a woman or rather do you think sometimes should you not meaning in this specific relationship right, right, just right. as a general concept be with the person that's very different from you because i struggle with that all the time i a lot of time i say i need somebody who's a little curmudgeony who when i say that guy in the coffee shop was a fucking asshole that she goes i know right and then the other half of the time i go no 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 that's not what i need i need the person that goes joe stop getting upset about the guy in the coffee shop who cares right right and I often wonder which is the better thing, and if I'm, I consist, can, I've picked the wrong person many times in my right. life, I, and I wonder if that's got something to do with it. If I'm going for too similar or too, well, the thing whatever. is, I think it's well, the the question is inherently difficult to answer because of the fact that you want opposites on certain things, and then you want the same on other things, and because like in a personality is like you know a thousand different elements, you want certain elements to be opposed. 
Right. Um, and I find, and I find like, I think in, like in my relationship now, she's like, I'm very much like, like, uh, super loosey goosey when it comes to like worrying about stuff. And she's worries about stuff a little bit. And it's actually right. good. Cause, but the two of us, like I balance out her anxiety and she actually makes sure we don't like, you know, leave the dog underwater. Sure. Do you know course, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so like, that's sort of good. So it's, 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 you have to find the opposites of the things that you need help on, but you don't want opposites on everything because then it's miserable. Sure. Then, then you're constantly being like, I really want to do this. Sure. I don't want to do this. Fine, I'll do it for you, you know? So it's, it's really like, it's, you know, to simplify it, I guess, in a way, it's, it's, it, it really is like the best case, best case co-worker scenario. Hey, you and me work for this company. We're yeah. a team at this company we get it but you do this and i do that yeah and that's what makes us a good team exactly yeah um where it's like it's almost like the all the mundane stuff you want to be the same like uh you like to wake up at this time and i like to wake up at this time. like all the bullshit like i really like to stay home on sundays like those are those are things that are like nice to have matched up yeah you know? yeah we both like to go to this pancake place on saturday morning we don't yeah. have to argue about where to get we breakfast. both like drinking you know like those are the <laughs> things you want to we like screaming in the street i had a 13 year relationship and she didn't, never drank and were you a big drinker during that period oh yeah yeah and i found and then after we broke up she started drinking and i was like well this would have been nice yeah. if you did it. and she said i felt like i could never drink because I always had to look out for you. And I was like, what? And I was like, I, at that time, I was usually pretty much under control. I mean, I was crazy, but I could definitely get myself home. I, by the way, not only are, have you expressed being a little sad that you've always been monogamous yeah. during this podcast, I now am sad that you've always been monogamous because you clearly <laughs> have this dark, wild side that I would like to explore <laughs> on a, you know, just a night on the town with you. Oh, yeah, we should go out And see that. where it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's so tough for me because the hardest thing when, with this with this whole marriage thing or just you know monogamy thing, I've been saying this recently a lot. I'm 36. Have I gone too far? Have I gone so far down the path of independent living? No. That it that I can't. No, don't worry. I've had girlfriends. Yeah. But my longest relationship was like eight months. Okay. You know, my average relationship is three or four. Mm -hmm. um, and everything else has been just dating, dating, dating yeah. a lot. So, like, I do worry about that. I'm like, do you, can you get so set in your ways? I have a decent-sized apartment here. I'm like, I could have somebody live with me here. But then I go, wait a minute, but then they have to bring all their stuff in here. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a terrible thought. That's selfish. And then I'm like, well, it's not selfish. It's just you're not ready yet. No, no, no. It's just that you're not... Because when you meet the right person, you'll be like, I can't wait for them to their, for our stuff to mingle. I can't wait to see their stuff with my stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like when it's the I don't because I've never felt that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, that's that's but that's the feeling. That's the feeling. Can't wait for our stuff to mingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just can't wait for our fucking socks to be in the fucking dryer together. Hope it all works Same out. Time. I got you. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. You know, I mean, I think that, that like that's the weird thing about this. You can think about it all you want. And until that moment happens where you're just like, oh, this is it. Oh, wow. This is it. It's like all of that. You know what the weird thing is? I don't know. I, I, I like hearing about theories and doing no follow-up with them and then just oh, yeah. talking about them all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this whole theory that uh, 
Like we make all of our decisions based on emotions on an unconscious level. And then really our conscious mind is just there to justify to ourselves why we're deciding to do that. But we're, our decisions are already made. And so it is really true with other people in that regard. If it's right, you, you make up anything you want to make it seem right. And if right. it's wrong, you'll make up anything to make it wrong. Right. Well, it's, and, I, and I have been in situations where it's wrong, and I have done that. Yeah. And that's a very frightening place to be. And I dated a girl years ago that was certifiable. I mean, she was crazy. Let's talk about crazy girlfriends because I had one too. Well, I mean, the further we got in, and this was when I started to realize, well, not, yeah, I guess started to realize and understand. I was young. I was 22. But it was the first time I had that realization of like, oh my God, this is how people end up in crazy marriages. Yeah. This is how horrible, violent things eventually happen because Two people just keep going down the road, and then it, it blows up in the worst way possible. Oh, yeah. And not that I had violent thoughts. I just started to get, like, that's how you can end up there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, because yeah. Because the farther— That's the way this woman ends up taking a vagina out of— or a gun out of a vagina and, and, and yeah. sticking it in her boyfriend's mouth. Yes, yes. Well, that was— That just happened. That's happened in the news. I don't know when this is going to come oh, out. I thought you meant to you. I was like, oh, Jesus. No. Oh, no, 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 no. That was Cormac McCarthy's ex-wife just did that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him? No, to her current boyfriend. Oh, my God. Now I know where all those creepy books came from. Boom. Jesus. <laughs> Why is this guy writing about people eating baby brains? Oh. <laughs> That's the kind of lady he, he, he gets with. He, um, but um, what happened was I went down this road with this girl. And we were dating. And the further down the road we got, the crazier it got, the more crazy she would reveal and you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to bail out of this now because if I do, it's wasted time. I just wasted <laughs> months with this girl. I can fix this. I can fix this. And oh, it literally man. becomes like I am legend where yeah. they're the vampires are descending on your house. You're the last man alive. And you're like, I can fix all of you. I can yeah. do it. And you're like, no, you can't, dude. Evacuate. I know. Get, get the out, fuck of here. out of there. Yeah. So it's like. You know, it's a frightening thing. It's a frightening thing when you get into that situation. I had it happen the other way where it was, she was crazy and I kind of knew she was crazy, but I was just super in love with her. And then she started changing me. Right. Like I started becoming more crazy. Right. And it was, it was like dangerous. Like I, that was two years of my life. And I honestly am still mad that those two years have been lost. Like it's I, tough. I honestly think of them as being lost. But don't don't think of it as being lost. Think of it as the I had crazy experiences. Crazy good experiences and crazy bad experiences. And dude, talk about like that's boot camp, man. That's yeah. two years. You learn something. Oh yeah, and I got a thousand stories from it. Yeah, I mean you that's know? that's really great. I think yeah. that's really great. And I think you need to go through that. Because, you know, to bring it all full circle back to this, you know, when we talked in the beginning about that legal document that you signed. Yeah. Now you know not to sign the legal document with somebody like that. Right, exactly. Had you not gone through that two years in your, in your sort oh, of yeah. rookie phase or whatever? Yeah. You know, who knows, dude? You could be here now not knowing what that's all about, end up there and then, and then get married, and then Ooh, you're really so in deep scared. shit. I was just so happy she never got pregnant. That would have been a nightmare. But uh, uh, nightmare. To have a child with someone, and that's, why I, that's what I, why I ended it, because I imagined she was doing something super insane, and I was like, 
what if you had my baby? Like, what if you were holding my baby right now when you were saying that shit to me? Right. Oh my God, I gotta get out of this. What do you do? It was it's over right then. Yeah, and then, you know, calling back to the thing about New York, one of you has to sue the other. Yeah. There's business now that has to get involved with yeah. this. You can't just leave. That's why I say we're grown-ups. Yeah. If I say that's my wife and she says I'm her husband, then we're husband and wife. Who I has can't. to declare it that? Seems God? Like a more mature thing to do. Absolutely. But then when you but then when you put it forth to I'm worried about having this conversation. I do think like not gonna go my way <laughs> you mean if your girlfriend hears this no i mean because i'm gonna I, I already brought this up with her i mean this is a conversation that we have to have before we figure out what we're gonna do we have to come to an agreement on you know and she's already said like no i want to get really married and i'm just like yeah but think about it think about my way <laughs> it's like and i just can't imagine like right now i'm not imagining a situation where i win in this where like my viewpoint wins, you know. I mean, we both win. Well, we're gonna fucking if we get married, but I don't quite understand, you know. And we already kind of went through this terrain, but it's like I, I just really I don't understand. Other than the fanfare of the ceremony and all that stuff, yeah. and the celebration and the party and and the and the spectacle, really, to show everybody we're doing this. This yeah. is a sign of our love. Once you get past all that. I don't see any point to marriage. Why not just stay boyfriend, girlfriend? Why not just, we live together, we're happy, it works, we're fine. Yeah. You know, you could be a perpetual bachelor for the rest of your life, um, and you could have your ultimate wingman slash roommate who's also a perpetual bachelor. There's no need to say to that guy, let's sign a business agreement <laughs> that we work as a team. <laughs> You just work as a team. It works. You know? Very and also, once you have the, the, have you ever noticed this, where it's like when people are like, we're going to, we, we, you know, we've been making this beer together for a few years now, and everybody likes this beer. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's go and let's make a corporation out of this, make it legal, and start doing this. And then they do it, and then it's just like, boom, within six months just the pressure of this outside thing being placed upon what was a perfectly good working relationship Absolutely. makes it implode. Absolutely. And that's a great point. And in closing, I think this is a nice summation of everything we've talked about. If you want to get married and you love the other person, then be with the other person. And that's it. That should be good enough. And if you don't want to do it that way, that's fine. If you believe in marriage as an institution, that's fine too. But just think about this. They say business and pleasure never mix. So when you're going to take the person you love more than anything on God's green earth, why the fuck do you want to introduce a business contract into that relationship? <laughs> it's not a beer company. It's a loving friendship yeah. that should not be spoiled with lawyers and contracts. I think that's fair. Yes. All right. Uh, Kurt, Joe, thank you. You're wonderful. You. Plug something. Just listen to my podcast, The K-Hole. It's on uh, the Nerdist, uh, and it's a rotating format. We got different different formats every week. Um, one of them, I blindfold people and I throw them in my car and take them somewhere they've never been, and then they have to figure out how to get home. Yes. So uh, go fucking listen to that. Listen to Kurt's podcast. I did an episode recently, and we had a really great time. It's a, it's a great it's a great podcast. You're a smart guy. You're hilarious, and you, you're a great conversationalist. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Joe.